For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Rumor has it Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander might be on the chopping block after 2024. We're also going to talk about Scott Service reaching out to Cal Raleigh and just kind of how that relationship is forming. Then we're going to move on to if the Seattle Mariners are done this offseason because rumor has it they might not be. I already said rumor has it twice, Joe. We're going to keep going. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 62 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network, the Brady Lale episode of the Hit It Here podcast. And I'm here with Joe, who's in a new setup, Joe. I am in a new setup. That's why I um, haven't been streaming. Sorry about that, but it's exciting, exciting times. I actually have like some stuff back there now, which is pretty neat. I'm tired, spent all day uh, yesterday moving, and I think where I'm at set a record for rainfall in a single day. <laughs> I, I would be willing to bet, but quickly, you can't bet on the rainfall. But you can bet on sports with Bet Online. The Super Bowl is done and dusted. But you know who's not done and dusted? Bet Online. And with the MLB season coming next, and all baseball fans can rejoice because the Super Bowl is done. That means it's baseball season. We've got next. And Bet Online has you covered all season long, even before the season starts. And say you're, you know, wanting to continue to play some bets until the MLB season really kicks into gear. The NBA and NHL are right there, readily available for you. And BetOnline has the best up-to-date news, odds, trends, and predictions for all your betting needs. And they've got you covered with desktop access and mobile access as well. With that being said, with the MLB season rolling around, the Mariners looking like they're in pretty good shot to make a run at this thing. And with how the odds are set up right now, it might not be a bad idea to maybe make a cheeky little bet for the World Series. I've got some good faith that BetOnline has us covered all season long and that the Mariners will do us some justice this year as well. BetOnline, the game starts here. So Colton, you mentioned a little bit at the beginning there of Jerry and Justin potentially being on the hot seat. I think that's something that we've all kind of understood. Regardless of, you know, the new information that came out from Ryan Divish on the was Lookout Landings Meet at the Mitt podcast, right? And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, they missed the playoffs this year. And that was definitely like, okay, now things are going to be, people are going to be on the hot seat because if they continue to underperform, they don't meet the expectations. I think it was inevitable that maybe not all three, like Jerry, Justin and Scott would have been kind of axed, but that's when you start having those conversations of whether or not, okay, now we really need to like, take a look at this from the outside looking in, you know, be, you know, fair to everybody here of like, okay, what's, what's, what's next and more information. It's kind of like what we're talking about here is that their contracts have not been renewed. They do not have a contract past 2024. So this is a very pivotal year. We already knew that kind of going into the season because, you know, you missed the playoffs after ending the drought and yada, 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 but it's even more so now, I think it's amplified to a greater extent just because there is now word out there like, oh, they don't have contracts. I think that, like you said, this was going to be a big year one way or another. We, I think, all agree that Jerry and Justin knocked it out of the park this offseason. Started off rough, but 
they put together a very good offseason with the tools that they were given. And I don't, th- I don't think personally that John Stanton is going to get rid of his two like, like body shields sure. that he uses to take the brunt of all whenever something goes wrong. But if something does go wrong this year and the Mariners do underperform, like let's let's say the Mariners are like a 500 team this year. Like half of our comments think they still are for some reason. Yeah, they're gone. They're mm-hmm. gone because it, it wouldn't be hey. John Stanton's going to fire them. It would be, hey, their contract's up. We're going to go in a different direction. I don't foresee that happening in terms of the Mariners being a 500 team. What I think is more likely is that Jerry and Justin would say, peace, peace out. Yeah, th- that's definitely part of the, the conversation, I think, that's just been in the echo chamber online is like, Jerry left Anaheim because of restrictions that were being put onto him from the ownership group. And he came to Seattle hoping to see the grass be greener. And it hasn't necessarily. I'd say it's been better, but definitely not as good as he would have wanted. And maybe there's a job opening out there for if he wants to go back to GM or if there's, you know, president of baseball operations jobs out there, you know, looking up on Indeed and LinkedIn. I don't know what Jerry's doing in his free time. They might be out there. Who knows? But to say that the Mariners would be there, like the, the top of the line of, job openings that pre- like it's not the premier one that everyone's seeking right so if jerry leaves he can find i think another opportunity out there and if there's an owner or an ownership group that's willing to be like hey here's some money to spend i think he'd take it unless it's just like a god-awful team and if jerry does leave it's a situation with the mariners where like the farm system i think is in a good place i'd say the core is in a pretty good place but if you were to bring someone else in that isn't necessarily familiar with kind of the happenings within the organization, how the players are going about their business, whatever, that to me would create an even further divide as opposed to maybe allowing Jerry to kind of like build the bridge back. And that's why maybe I think Justin Hollander could stay, whereas like Jerry and Scott go, maybe Justin stays because there's like someone that's already a familiar face that would stay. Out of the three, Hollander would be my pick if things do go south this season to where maybe they do offer him something because they like what he's done with this offseason, like how he's spoken to the media or, you know, what he's doing with players and the club, you know, just in the offseason getting to whatever, you know, I just think Hollander's probably my guy to stay out of the three. I I would agree with that for the most part. I think that Jerry, uh, Jerry, I think, wants to see this through. Like he has, this is his team. He has built this team from the ground up from what it was back in 2018, 2019. It took a little bit of time for them to, you know, turn it around. But honestly, nobody has done a rebuild in Seattle ever like Jerry DePoto has. This team is so much better than it would have been if Jack Zarenzik kept running this team. Like, I think that if you're Jerry DePoto, you at least sign like another two or three year deal if if it's offered to you because you want to see these prospects you want to see the cole youngs and the colt emersons come up another reason why i don't think that john stanton would you know not offer him a contract is because honestly john stanton jerry depoto has been creative enough that he hasn't had like john stanton hasn't had to worry sure like john stanton could be like jerry you're gonna have this amount of money and jerry's like okay i'll figure it out (laughs) and he does go again yeah yeah and he does and like again the how well that they maneuvered this offseason which felt like poo-poo at first and now it feels like an absolute home run i think that 
around baseball, you have to look at that and look at what Jerry DePoto has done with this team and say, yeah, I understand why he is one of the most, not maybe not the best, like, you know, baseball president, whatever, GM, what have you, but he's up there. In my, in my opinion, he is up there with like the, the legends of like Ben Sherrington and like, you know, who else? Who's another good one? I mean, Alex like, Anthopoulos comes to mind for yeah. the Braves currently. Like, I don't think he's quite as on par with him. As far as creativity wise, I think Jerry is definitely cream the crop on there. It. Yeah. Because he's had to. He's been forced into that position. I think if you say give him a longer leash, he doesn't have to be as creative. The moves are a bit more direct. And maybe the fan base is happier because maybe they're just spending money in free agency. Like there's, there's a lot of, I think what ifs like what's behind door number three, like that could happen with Jerry if there were more money involved and whether or not he can find that this coming off season, if a contract extension is not met or he's just, Hey, goodbye. But it was a good run. Like who, I don't really know like what the future holds beyond the Mariners for Jerry DePoto, but I'm sure it's, it's not just going to stop. He's too addicted to making trades. Like, bro can't stop. Like, he's going to have to, like, find some fix. Yeah, I think that moving on from that, you talked a little bit about, like, hey, you know, the team being able to spend money or what whatnot. That's what Cal Raleigh wanted last at the end of last season. And unfortunately, the Mariners weren't really able to do that. But I think that Cal has seen how good this team can be. And apparently, Scott Service had been reaching out to Cal throughout the entirety of the offseason, explaining what they were doing. Their subtract first and then add after that process to them and just keeping him in the loop, which I think is a good thing. I think that any way that you can build some sort of relationship between what the front office is doing and what the players are doing is the right move. Because at the end of last year, it felt like the players were like, Nope, we're done. Like this front office sucks. This is yeah. we're, we're over. We're over, you know, all these moves getting made that are not making this team better. So them going out there and trying to explain it to the players, I think is a big, is it's, it's a lot more important than I think people are making it out to be. Like, I think that, if you want to keep your team happy and we've heard from former players, you know, about the whole, the whole 54% comment constantly on foul territory, just figure it out, pick something new, but constantly about that, that how they felt about the front office after, after saying that. And like the only, there's only one way to rebuild yourself from that. And that is to build a rapport with your players and make the moves you need to make. So I think that, even if it's, you know, it's being passed from DePoto to service and then to Raleigh. So it's not like a direct line, but I'm sure that Raleigh, if he wanted to, or just the team in general, had plenty of chances to speak with upper management. We're talking Justin Hollander and Jerry DePoto, if they really wanted to this offseason about the course of the offseason. It's one of those ones where it's, they had to take a look at themselves in the mirror, I think, with management front office in general of like, okay, we've definitely lost a little bit of the clubhouse here and you know trying to save face with maybe bringing in good clubhouse guys like bringing like Hanager back Mitch Garver has shown that he is I think been a pretty like even just like in the offseason comments been a very solid clubhouse guy or he will grow into that role kind of a thing and so like hearing that they were fishing with like Castillo like and is you know just like at home it's nice and like communicating with Cal like there's just there's so many things that I think, and then those are the only ones that we've really heard of. I think there's like one more, but I can't remember what it was. Julio, spending time, time with Julio. Right, yeah. And, oh, no. I don't remember Loma, what it is. Loma de Cabrera or something like that? Something like that. Oh, I feel bad that I don't remember it right now. I'm a big places guy and I forgot. 
I think you're right. Loma de Cabrera is right. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think it's, you know, I talked about building that bridge. Like, that's just another instance of that. Like, you have to, like, okay, look yourself in the mirror, like, okay, this is what we need to do to get guys back on our side. Like, we need to show them that we care about them as a human being. Sure, player probably, I don't want to say comes first, but that's their workplace relationship is like, okay, <laughs> they're a baseball player for the team that we operate. That's kind of like how that transactional stuff goes on a very like, like zeros and one scale. How do you expand it beyond that and like be like, okay, these are people that I can trust. Like these are guys that I genuinely care about me. And like, I know it's not just like, you know, if we were to think like this binary relationship between players and owners, like that's definitely not the case in any instance, unless the player's very like reserved and like cut off from the world. Like they don't really want it. That's something I've seen memes. I don't know if you've seen the memes that like George Kirby is kind of that way. Like he is like old, old timey and old fashioned. There was in, in the, tweet or whatever that was posted about what management has done like like going fishing with castillo and like visiting julio someone said like they're sending telegrams to george kirby so it's like blah 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 blah. stop like sending like individual voice messages to george kirby via like a 1930s telegram which i think is just hilarious to think about and then there was like guys at like driveline and whatever and it's like this video of Someone throwing on flat ground. I don't remember if it's Walter Johnson or who, but he's just throwing a baseball past the guy that's riding on a motorcycle. And it's like, that's how George Kirby is testing how fast he's throwing just because he seems like, oh, an old yeah. that's like the, the joke there. And I can't remember if it's Walter Johnson or not. I just know he theoretically threw hard in the 1800s, whatever <laughs> doesn't even exist. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. And I got off track off topic there, but again, if they're sending telegrams to George Kirby, it's a step in the right direction. And just having them, I think, be back in spring, like all together. Sure, there's guys spending time with each other in the offseason, like JP and Ty at Driveline, or even like Taylor Trammell's at Driveline. Like there's plenty of guys in and or in or around the Mariners that are like hanging out throughout the majority of the offseason. Like there were some golf trips and whatnot. I'm sure there was a wedding in there somewhere. So it's bringing them all back together now and like building upon those relationships that you set out to, I think enhance this off season. Did you read the story about Mitch's house? No. Yeah. How he sold it to Cal. <laughs> well, he was renting it out to Cal. Sure. But yeah. then, but didn't he sell it? He, and then he sold it like a few months before he came back to Seattle. Yeah. But not, Cal, oh, was it? Cal was going to move out. It wasn't to Cal. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Okay. He was re- So no. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I saw that he was renting it and I thought he sold it to Cal. Like no, afterwards, he was, he was oh, that's renting it out to Cal, and then a lot of players were coming and staying with him mm. um, throughout the season. And then eventually, like after the season, Mitch was like, "Okay, well, that's that. I'm gonna go ahead and just, you know, I'm gonna sell the house. Whatnot. Cal's gonna go get his own place." But I'm like, "My God, I love Mitch Haniger. Yeah, like what a freaking dude! And what he sounds so happy to be back. So I don't know. I I hope Mitch has a uh, an incredible season. Like I hope that he is just if if 2021 Mitch is somehow back." We're back. We're back. In the playoffs. <laughs> Never been so back. I don't know. I just thought that was a cool thing, but I guess going off of that, we're going to talk a little bit here, Joseph, about a rumor that is swirling around from a Seattle Times article that the Mariners may not be done. The Mariners may be looking to add someone to their 26-man roster and possibly to their lineup before the season begins. Do you have Do you have any pulse on what that could mean, Joe? I... Looked at the Whit Merrifield one year eight million, 
contract with the Phillies. And then Randall Gritchick's like one year, $2 million contract with the Diamondbacks. And like, it's going to be a player in that ballpark, I think. Like around somewhere between two and eight million. I don't see them spending any more than that on an annual average. I would assume it's another veteran type guy because I don't see a multi-year contract really getting dealt out on post Valentine's Day of the offseason. Like we're the, the the guys are there. The guys are in spring training already there. Like we're a little late to the party if we're signing somebody this late to the into the offseason. And so I know like Luke Rayleigh was getting reps at first base and there's Ryan Bliss was like, I think part of that whole workout group at second base. I just, I don't know where I want, if there were to be a guy, I don't know where I would want it to be at anymore because we got our infield depth, I think pretty well sorted with Polanco and moving the, the platoon over to third base. I know Matt Chapman drums being pounded right now. I, I just don't see it. I don't really see the money being there. I don't see the the principle necessarily being all that much better than letting Urias and Rojas kind of like figure it out. And then if it doesn't pan out, you make a move in the middle of the season or you call up a guy, like whatever. There's there's ways to do it without spending 12 to $15 million on Matt Chapman. And so then it just, it points me into the direction of an outfielder that might be able to play like a corner infield spot. But the only one that's left, I think, is just Adam Duvall, who is very much so removed from playing the corner infield spot. And I'm not going to play the Perry Hill trump card right now and say he can bring him back because that's just a cop-out that I think I go to about every single time I need to give someone positional flexibility. And so, I mean, I guess I'm submitting Adam Duvall. That's like my, I don't know. It's just, it's an out, I think it's just got to be a major league outfielder. At this point, if it's someone added to the 26 man roster, that's maybe factoring into your lineup three, four times a week. Adam Duvall, maybe I'd say Tommy Pham. Yeah, like I think that one like Tommy Pham, I think this makes the most sense. And mm -hmm. maybe maybe they want to just platoon tie versus left handed pitching. And then when there's a righty on the mound. They're going to throw Rayleigh at first base and then they have fam out there and left or Canzone out there and left or something like that. I'm not sure. I don't know what, if you could get Tommy fam for, you know, seven, $8 million yeah. at this point, but would, would you do that? Like a, like a one year, like $8 million contract for Tommy fam. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think like that's a, that's Harvey. a no brainer for me. I would say he would be more valuable to me than Whit Merrifield. Yeah, at eight million dollars, just offensively, I'm not overly worried about his defense out there. I think you've got a good enough, I think, deployment of outfielders with Julio and Rayleigh. I think they're both going to be above average defensively. Mitch is the question mark. Mitch and Canzone together is like, uh, like you know, lesser of two evils. But if you could get Matt Chapman for less than ten million dollars for one year, <laughs> you you do that. Keep keep dreaming. Like, yeah, but you but you do it. Yeah, you do it, of course. But the 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 problem, the hang up, is that he's not signing for less than. He's 10 not million. gonna take that. No, man. and like that's the, I mean, all the big guys that are out there still trying to be like, where's my market at? It's gone. It's dead. It's never. It was never around. Apparently, because you guys are still all unsigned. Like, it's I don't know. They'd be like asking Blake Snell to sign for for fifteen million a year. Like, it's not gonna. It's just not going to happen. No. No, 
coming off a Cy Young, he's won it twice in his like age 31 or 32 season, however old he is. I can't remember. Like this is going to be his, or was supposed to be his last big contract. And you're telling me dude's going to sign a one year, $15 million deal for a team that has not even batted him an eye. No shot. I'm sure. I mean, if it's deferred, then of course, like then, then we're, then we're playing with house money at that point. I don't care about the money in 2033. I don't care. It's just, we haven't we haven't seen anybody do it other than the Dodgers. That's true. So it's like, how how can we expect the other team to join that fold? Be the Seattle Mariners in twenty twenty four of all years, where the the rug was pulled from Jerry and Justin at the beginning of the offseason. Like, hey, no money. It's just it's not going to happen. I I I want to live in in delusion, la la land where Blake Snell might sign and get this big contract deferred or Matt, like, I don't Matt Chapman for less than $10 million. I get backloaded, <laughs> a backloaded one year contract. <laughs> he just gets paid 1 million for the next 10 years. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course done. It's just how it just feels so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you are the, Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I agree. I think that we are talking in the Adam Duvall range. Um, I personally don't want to give Adam Duvall anything more than five at this point. Really? It just feels, it just feels like a luxury luxury that we don't really need. <laughs> yeah. And I would like, at that point I would rather save that money for that something in season. And if the Mariners wanted to go out there, even if they wanted to go out there and add another guy to this bullpen, I don't know who's left, to be honest with you. But like, Names. if they wanted to go out there and add like another five million dollar piece of the bullpen instead, I'd be fine with that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, oh darn it, maybe that kicks Cody Bolton off the forty man or something like that. Drats. Dag Nabbit. Wait, no, he's gone now, isn't he? I have no idea. You could have said matter. you could have said any name there from the the pile of relievers that we've signed, and I I would have trusted you with my no. whole heart. It was it was Caleb, Caleb Ort. Ort. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. Rip. Um, we didn't talk about any trades there. Like they, well, I think in the article specifically, they just said free agents. Okay. I mean, I I trust the article writing, right? I I trust the the information being presented to us. It's just every single time I think we had talked about what the next move would be, we're like, oh, they'll sign this person trade. Oh, they'll sign this person now because they just made a trade. Trade. Like it just he can't stop, won't stop. Maybe not he, they, Jerry and Justin, plural, cannot stop making trades. Mm-hmm. I think that they're done. I think they're done. And I, I I, understand that maybe this is just the front office trying to drum up some action. You mm-hmm. know, like, hey, we might do something else. We might. Everybody watching? Buy your season tickets. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but, like, they're done. Like, there's just, there's nothing else to add to this team. But then again... Said that before the Santos. Well, that's not true. The Santos move kind of needed to be made, but I don't know. I just think they're done. I don't. I don't know, especially on the free agent market. What else you can go get that makes sense to add to this baseball team right now, other than like Tommy Pham makes a lot of sense in my opinion. If you are planning on platooning Ty France, I just don't know why they. I mean, I don't maybe, know why maybe they not. Would. I don't know why they would. Of course, I know why they would. It's because they're not 
confident confident with Ty France exactly but are you really willing to go that extra mile to have that insurance right now when you can make a move later in the season where I think then that move becomes a lot more clear because right now if you sign Tommy Pham and you're platooning Ty France then Ty France is hitting 320 out the gates okay immediately Luke Rayleigh is now a much less I think factored part of your lineup where he's having to split time with guys in the outfield and then his potential opportunity at first base because Ty France is going god mode is now gone of course that's not a bad thing like if Ty France is clicking on all cylinders great but I think if you're signing another outfielder, you're limiting your opportunities for other guys to succeed when you acquire them for a reason. I'm sure we only traded Jose Caballero, the new Rays starting shortstop, by the way. By the way. By the way. And so, I don't know. Maybe that's me just like ensuring guys' opportunity that maybe don't fully, like 100% deserve it. Like, does Luke really, really need to have 140 games played with 600 at-bats? Maybe not. Like, but does the time split really make sense there to bring in a guy like Tommy Pham? Well, and then, and then maybe it's maybe it's instead of platoon with Mitch Haniger, maybe they decided they don't want to have Haniger out there as much as they want as they originally planned on. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe that's the difference maker because I think that when they first acquired Rayleigh, I was of the opinion that they were going to platoon the two of them, but like I don't know now. Like, like it sounds like Luke Rayleigh's just starting left fielder and Mitch Hanniger's just starting right fielder, and that's that. And maybe Dom Canzone, you know, fills in here and there. But so maybe that's where they that's where they want to make that move, and they think that Rayleigh will be really good against right-handed pitching, Hanniger will be good against lefties, and then Tommy Pham can be in there versus both. I don't know. But then you at that point push Dom Canzone down to triple A when it feels like a breakout-ish year is on the horizon for him. I don't know what the right answer is, but I don't know. I I I, I just don't think there's another move to be made. I don't. That's that. I just, They're done. I, I know before you said that if a, a move were to happen, that you'd want Dom to be in AAA to get more opportunities to right. continue to develop and just be hitting 400 in the PCL, setting home run records down there because we know he probably has the potential to do it. So I don't disagree with your idea that like whoever we sign probably pushes Dom off this roster. I think regardless of position, realistically. Interesting. Because you have Dylan Moore and Sam Haggerty that can both play the outfield. If you really like, I know it's not better than Dom can zone necessarily, but I think if you're looking at positional flexibility, you're taking Haggerty, Samad Taylor, Dylan Moore, who have, you know, a bit more athleticism. Sure. The bat's not there, but if you're not, very confident in Dom Kenzo's ability to stay hot and give you quality ABs every time. I mean, I'm not confident in the other three either, but if you had to pick one guy to keep developing and really hone in on this craft, I'd say it's Dom Kenzo. And you, if you can afford to have him be down there in AAA, that's probably what you're doing. And of course, you know, we talked a lot about Matt Chapman here in this episode of the Hit It Here podcast. So go check out this video that I made on the screen right now. If the Mariners should sign him, you'll figure out why I don't think that they should. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 62 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online. The Zach Curtis episode acquired in the original Mitch Haniger trade, by the way. And go Mariners.